You're listening to Chatting with Copywriters. I'm your co-host, Kimberly Whitecamp. And I'm Bobby Lind. And on each episode, we break down the mysteries of copywriting and marketing. In this episode, we're going to cover an introduction to writing bullet points that work for your copy. But before we get into that, as you all know, Bobby and I really like to talk about some really random topics and then relate it back to marketing. So, Bobby, what is our question for today? Okay. So, here's the question. When you were going through high school, did you read the full book or opt for the cliff notes? Okay, so uh, full disclaimer, I actually like to read, unlike pretty much everybody else in my life. Uh, so I definitely read the books, but also because I'm, I was such a rule follower that I was like, what? Cheat? No. So um, I, I did read the entire novels. However, I will say there was one book I was incredibly tempted to not read and find the Spark Notes version uh, because... Basically, I felt it's one of those classics, right, that everyone reads and you all, and it's supposed to be some great thing and it broke barriers in its time. And I'm like, it's the 1800s and nobody, not a single character in this novel do I care about because they're all horrible people and I don't care what's happening to them because I think they're all horrible people and they are acting like horrible people. But that was the only book and the only material on our final. So I did actually read the book. However, I'm fairly certain I'm the only person in my entire class who did. How about you, Bobby? I would be one of those ones that didn't read. Now, I, I don't love to read. I love to learn. So for me, reading, and we have talked about this in past episodes, reading for pleasure isn't something that I tend to do. I read to learn and read for information. So when we're reading these books uh, um, or we're given this list of books that we're supposed to read, depending on what class that you're in, I just couldn't be, I couldn't be bothered. Number one, a lot of the language used just didn't make sense to me, even, even though it was, you know, they're, they're, they're sending it to the, you know, juniors and seniors in high school. I just, it was like all this floral flowery language and I got lost in even just a paragraph that I didn't even realize, I didn't understand what I was reading to begin with. So for me, the cliff notes made things much easier. It was short, punchy sentences, basically. It broke it down into this is what they're talking about. And here's, you know, the different ways that you can interpret that. And that's really what the cliff notes were. It was taking all of that interesting information and pulling it out of this gigantic novel that I wasn't going to read anyways and giving me the important parts. And that's why I loved it. And it allowed me to pass the classes that I didn't sleep in the back of the room for and, um, and, and all that type of stuff. But that was, that's the type of student that I was growing up. And if my English teacher is listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that was one thing I never quite liked about English class was basically, you know, you were supposed to interpret the novel, but not your interpretation. No, no, no. What they were looking for. What is the curriculum's interpretation, right? You're not allowed to have your own interpretation. You are only allowed to have the interpretation that they say you're supposed to have. And at that point, you're kind of like, well, then why bother? We could go onto an entire spin-off podcast on the fact that education teaches you not to learn, 
but to learn what they want. You don't actually, they don't actually teach you to learn. They teach you very specific material. And let me tell you, the last time I used Pythagorean's theorem in my daily life. Is that triangles? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like the trigonometry. But I had to know it. Either. I had to know it to graduate. You know, that's one of those moments. And, and, and there are a lot of um, math people that are out there that are like, oh, no, but you do. I'm like, yeah, well, yes, but I still don't need to remember that A squared plus B squared equals C squared to get through my daily life. And yes. Pythagorean's theorem for those. Okay, that are- cool. I'm glad you remember that one because I don't. Uh, but no, <laughs> what, what you said before about using uh, the spark notes or using the cliff notes. Uh, version where, you know, they take out the most important things, the things that are most relevant for you to know. And that's basically what a bullet does, right? It it kind of summarizes, it points out to you, hey, there's all this information we could give you, but really, here's the four things you need to know about this paragraph. So let's, let's segue from talking about English books that all of us hate to uh, going into, (laughs) uh, to, to our topic for today, which is bullet points and how to write them and an introduction Kind of a crash course, if you will, on how to write them for your own copy and your own business. So let's. So to, I mean, really, to start that, I mean, what what is a bullet point? I mean, what what? Um, how how are they used, and and what are they? Kim, go ahead and Kimberly, give me give me your um, your idea on what they are. So bullets to me are kind of the the skimmer's best friend, if you will, um, because most people. They may need 15, 20, 25 pages of content to finally realize that what you're offering is exactly what they're looking for, but they're not going to read every single word of that 25 pages. And bullets kind of draw the eye to highlight when something incredibly important and relevant is being explained to your reader. Uh, So bullets Mm -hmm. are for to bring out not only the, the highlights of a product or the highlights of your service, but also to, to raise fascination and to get them to then go to the next section of what they need to learn before they're ready to buy. Is my very long but short answer. How about no, you? I, I, love, I love that. So I see bullets in two different manners. You have bullet points for physical products and services. And then we have bullet points for fascinations, right? Which is more on your information-based products, right? So what you were talking about before, I would call, and I, and, and I think you do as well, right? You'd call them fascination bullets. It's pulling out relevant information. And it's not necessarily that it's big information because sometimes that small, small, seemingly insignificant piece to whoever it was that wrote it can become a major fascination and a selling point to, to your prospects and your buyers. So there's that type, which is really good for informational based products. So books, CDs, DVDs, e-courses, all that type of stuff, informational based fascination bullets do really, really well with that. Selling knowledge. Yeah. Yes. So you're, you're selling knowledge. And so you're pulling it out and you're, you're spinning that information in a way that makes it intriguing and interesting to the person reading. excuse me, the other type of bullet is more product and service based where it takes the, it describes what your what the stuff is. And you see this on Amazon and on e-commerce stores all the time where you'll get these bullets that say, you know, it's a 20 ounce mug made of ceramic and they're, it is describing it, but they're boring and it so does boring. not spell. And so you, most people will skim through, they look for the one or two things that are important to them. And then they go, okay, then they have to make that decision. Do I want to buy that? 
And there are ways to take your product and service description-based bullets and make them intriguing, interesting, and give give people that so what, why do I care that this is going on versus, you know, and then obviously you have the fascination on the other side that does the same thing. So that's how I would describe bullet points. Yeah. And one thing I really want to point out to you is that that's a huge area of a chance for you to stand out from your competitors. Yes, the mug is 20 inches tall, or yes, it's, it's made out of ceramic, but you know, why should I care? How does that benefit me? And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about next, really, is how to turn those bullets into something that really grabs your audience's attention and makes it super relevant to what they're looking for, to what they're interested in. So Bobby, if I remember correctly, you've got some, uh, some examples for us to go through. Yes, I I do. Are you willing to take some live examples and and see how we can spin this into some more exciting information? Yes. Let's do a live copy review and breakdown. Let's go for it. All right, Kimberly, today we're going to talk about a grandfather clock. And I pulled this information directly from Amazon, which just made me really, really, I wanted to cry when I saw this. So maybe we can help the seller of this very expensive grandfather clock, which is, I mean, and it's a beautiful grandfather clock, but maybe we can help them take these bullets a little bit farther. All right. Um, Sounds great. Yes. So we're going to take the very specific bullet point of automatic nighttime chime shutoff option, which in and of itself is a massive mouthful. <laughs> and <That is. laughs> so, and, and let's, let's make this a better bullet point. Take it away, Kimberly. Let's hear what you have, how you would take this. Okay. So when I think of automatic nighttime chime shutoff option, my grandmother has a grandfather clock. And whenever you stayed at grandma's house, man, you better fall asleep within 20 minutes because that thing went off a quarter to <laughs> and a quarter after every single hour. So I would say, um, Something like uh, sleep through the night, but then still get the wake-up call in the morning. Oh, I like that. I like that. That's a really good one. Right? Or something like, uh, you know, know the time, but also know deep sleep or, or something similar <laughs> to that. Because I kid you not, man, I didn't sleep at grandma's house because it takes me more than 20 minutes to fall asleep. And that clock did not have a shutoff. It chimed every quarter hour. It didn't chime on the hour. It chimed the quarter hours. But I was like, really? It's, it's 1 a.m. Now, not only am I not sleeping, I know how long it's been that I'm not sleeping. <laughs> and I didn't mean to know that. Uh, how about you? Oh, let's see. I would go from this one. Let's see. I like, I like the envy angle. So, I mean, Grandfather clocks, they're, they're heirlooms. They get, you know, passed down from generation to generation for a lot of them. And they should because they're expensive enough to be beautiful heirlooms. And um, yeah, I, I think this could be, you could go with your neighbors will covet this heirloom even at night. Oh, I like that. Even at night because... Because yeah. you can turn it off. <laughs> you can turn it off, right? So you're not bothering your neighbors. It's it's all the positives about, ooh, they've got a grandfather clock, but none of the negatives of, gee, that thing's so loud I can hear it through my windows. Uh, Absolutely. Well, and that's one of the things that, that, that we can do with these bullet points is we can take this single feature 
And you can call it out different um, emotions. So, you know, curiosity, pain, desire, envy. I mean, you're, you called out the desire of just wanting to sleep. I yes. pulled it from an envy standpoint, you know. Uh, sex as an emotion can sell pretty well. And so this, let's see, something like this, I would go, oh, your wish is my command to turn me on or off with the flip of a switch. Oh, that's great. You know? Uh, and that can also be a, a way of approaching it from, um, you know, just ease of use, right? Exactly. Is, a, you know, a single switch to get a deep night's sleep. I'm stuck on the sleep thing here. You, I know, you're stuck on that. But, <laughs> but that's, that's okay. And that's what happens is, you know, um, prospects and your potential buyers may have a very specific thing in mind that they're looking for. And so these bullet points, as you do them, as you pull them out, might capture one person's attention versus the other. You never know which one will be the final deciding factor in selling them. So when you put this, I mean, it's a great feature that that you can shut off the chime, but if you, that's all you leave it, you don't give people the benefit of what that means to them. Yes. And there's no, um, there's no future pacing. There's no storytelling when it's just, oh, there's an automatic shut off option because that doesn't go far enough. It doesn't go deep enough. And people won't go to the next step where it's like, okay, uh, automatic shut off. Great. But if you see that every single clock says they have an automatic shut off, well, how can you make that really stand out in their mind? And one way is, you know, know what time it is, but also know when it's time to sleep or, you know, knowing well, about enjoying uninterrupted sleep and waking up refreshed. I mean, it's, it's all yeah, so, that steps. And then you, 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 so you build on your bullet that says, you know, fall asleep without being woke up because of automatic nighttime chime shutoff option. So you can enjoy uninterrupted sleep, wake up refreshed and take on your day. And that becomes your bullet. So you give them the feature, you give them the benefit, and then you give them the benefit of the benefit that says, oh my God, I can actually have a uh, well-rested, refreshed morning and take on my day because I wasn't woken up because my clock, which is beautiful and I love it and I need it to be there, didn't wake me up in the middle of the night. And that's the power of building a bullet that's super um, focused in on the needs of your customers. Absolutely. So this one's a little bit more of the, that uh, product type, right? That product or service types of bullets. Let's, let's jump to our other types of bullets if we can. Those, those oh, yes. fascination bullets. Fascination bullets. These are by far my favorite ones to, to write because in order to write a good fascination bullet, you actually have to consume the content and information piece in order to pull these little things out. So, um, so Kimberly, I have an example here from a, um, this is actually one of my One of my clients has an online course on Facebook, and this is about 30 seconds or so of one video inside her Facebook course. So I'm going to read to you um, what what she says, and then let's see if we can pull out the fascination for uh, for this even just very small segment of, of of her course. You ready? Ready. Facebook is a business, and their business is community. The cool thing is we have Facebook business pages and we build communities. First and foremost, Facebook wants more than anything to keep people on their own platform. Think of it as like the hub, the entrance, the doorway. 
Facebook wants to be the way you interact with the news, with your family, with your friends, with communities, and with your neighborhood even. Facebook wants to be that connection or glue to the world around you. Okay, so for me, the big thing here is community. Facebook is a community. So you could do something like form your own neighborhood community uh, with a global audience. Or... I like that. that. Yes. Or, uh, you know, your virtual storefronts where uh, everyone, where, where the global community can walk in. Uh, that's another big one. Like that's their Facebook business page, right? You want to give them a little taste. They can go, you know, they're window shopping online with a, with a global audience because they're, they're scrolling through Facebook pages, their business pages. Uh, maybe it's interesting enough, right? Because that's exactly what happens on your feed, right? You get those promoted <laughs> or suggested posts from a particular business page and you're window shopping but it's in front of a global community. So instead of, you know, only being able to walk down Main Street, you can walk down Main Street in any major city in the world. Yeah, Main Street anywhere USA, right? Yes. All right. The, I love that. That's a, a very different approach than, than, than how I would go. Because one of the things that really jumped out at me in this section was that first and foremost, what Facebook wants. And so... I said the number one thing Facebook wants and why you must care if you want to grow your audience. That's really powerful too, because it's uh, everyone wants to know how to make whatever platform they're using work best for them. Uh, Another approach with that one could be how the Facebook community really works and how to make it work for your business. Oh, exactly. Because here's the deal. When you understand what Facebook wants, and that's what this is saying, Facebook wants you to stay on its own platform. So if you intentionally take people off of Facebook, well, then you, you don't have, um, you know, you're not, feeding, you're not feeding Facebook, so to speak. And so your, your reach is, is less because Facebook says, oh, no, 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 you're taking people away from where I want. But if you can keep them involved and in on Facebook... That's where this kind of comes through, you know, oh, you're, it's building community and everything like that. So that's one of the reasons that I pulled this, this very specific one out and, and the, way that I, the way that I did it. Absolutely. So that's just kind of a, a brief introduction to how you can use fascination and relevant uh, messaging in your bullet points, right? Because it's not just about, we, we, keep, we keep calling them fascination bullets. And the really important thing to remember for our listeners is that it has to be fascinating to your readers, not mm-hmm. to you, right? So if my fascination with Facebook is something about, um, I don't know, uh, how, how to, you want people to join your Facebook page, right? So mm-hmm. if you're talking about how to get more people to your Facebook page uh, without uh, paying for it or something like that. But then your readers are looking for something different. The, the people who are using the Facebook course are looking for something different. Then that approach isn't going to work. Now, the, the users of this course might find that interesting. But there's something mm-hmm. else that somebody might choose to emphasize that their readers then don't find interesting. Absolutely. Well, and, the, and, and this fascination took 30 seconds out of one video of an entire course. And that's how you – and, and this, this happens all the time with these fascination bullets is, you know, it's the reason why a book – you know, a physical book can have 
a hundred, 200, 300 different bullet points to sell it because there's all these different segments out of it that'll help you learn something or some awesome, interesting tidbit of information. And that's the, the, the beauty of bullet points is you never know which one of those sparks the interest of your audience to buy whatever it is that you're selling. And so give them, give them options, give them a bunch of information because they'll go, that's really interesting. I want to know more about that. Absolutely. And that's something really important when talking about bullet points is you don't want to make a list of bullets that are all about the same thing or all with the same approach because you never know, like as we talked about, right, with the automatic chime shut off, I focused on sleep. You focused on envy of the neighbors. You know, <laughs> you don't know which one is actually going to, to draw in your audience. But if you have an example of both, then you get to capture both of those audiences without alienating the other audiences. Absolutely. So I think that kind of wraps up our, our talk here on at least an introduction for bullet points. Kimberly, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, you know, my final thoughts, it, it relates to a lot of what marketing talk we've had before, right? The big point about fascination bullets, about feature bullets and highlighting the benefits, whatever approach you're talking about is using the language your audience uses. Remember, it's got to be fascinating to your audience. It's got to be a benefit for your audience, not from your perspective, but from theirs. So always use your audience's language. How about you, Bobby? I would go with, I don't think you could possibly have too many bullet points. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if I would do more than potentially two for a few of your normal bullet points, but I think everything could be bullet, everything could be turned into a bullet point, And I don't think you can have too many of them because it's short bits of information that's relevant. And, um, and I don't think you, I don't think you could possibly have too much of that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Chatting with Copywriters on an introduction to writing bullets that work for your copy. Make sure to give us a like and leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or your preferred podcasting listening platform. Thank you so much for listening and check us out at chattingwithcopywriters.com. If you have a topic or would like to appear on our show, please get in touch with us by filling out the contact form at chattingwithcopywriters.com. 